Welcome to the Herd and 10 podcast. Here's your host, Jake Fertinsky. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and 10 podcast. I'm going to be with my guest right off the bat here with my brother, Kevin Fertinsky. We're going to be talking all about the Buffalo Bills loss. I'm not going to be doing my three times Bills win because, of course, the Bills did not win this one. It was quite an ugly loss. I don't think the stat sheet really shows how brutal this loss was. You know, the Bills fell 23 to 16. Kev, why don't we start here, get some of your thoughts on this game, and then we'll dive into some specifics about the game. Yeah, I mean, that was certainly a tough game. The thing that comes to mind first is, I know Josh Allen didn't have his best game, but to me, it was the O-line that stood out to me that got dominated from start to finish. There was just no no run blocking, no pass blocking. There was just, it just wasn't happening. Um, Deion Dawkins did not look like himself. Very concerning coming off his COVID stint. You know, he was in the hospital and he just didn't look right. He had, I think he had three penalties. He got beat clean multiple times. I've never seen him play this that bad. And honestly, Daryl Williams wasn't any better on the other side. He was getting blasted by the whole game um a lot of people want to talk about our guard play and i don't think they were great i don't think cody ford or feliciano had good games i don't think anyone on the o-line had good games but our tackles who we assumed would be good again you know Dion dawkins one of our highest paid players and dara williams were terrific last year and just didn't show up in the game yesterday. Um, it wasn't so dissimilar from playing Pittsburgh last year. Our O-line got destroyed against Pittsburgh last year, and they just got lit up again. So that's sort of where to start. And look, we look at this Bills team, uh, you know, we don't want to get too down on them. Obviously, it's just one week. We know, like you said, the Steelers do have a great defense. We got beat down by their defense last season and we got torched by them again. And you're right. It wasn't just the guards. It was also the tackles. Everyone was just getting burned. And I want to note down here, because I thought this was a really interesting thing. The Steelers only blitzed one time the entire game. I don't know if I've ever heard of a game where the defense only blitzes once, but we know why. Because why would you send extra guys when you can just get to the quarterback with three or four? Why would you ever send an extra guy? So they only blitzed one time in this entire matchup, and they absolutely destroyed our offensive line. So when you talk about obviously being concerned about this offensive line, it's one thing if the Steelers were blitzing like crazy, then at least I could kind of understand. But man, to only blitz once and they just destroyed us they were all over Josh Allen he was running for his life and it's not like he had a great game it's not like he had a terrible game but it certainly wasn't a good game and 
Some of it is to be blamed on the O-line, and some of it is just to be blamed on Allen. He just didn't look very good. And that's the next piece I want to cover here. What are your thoughts on Allen? Because he just got a monster contract, and I understand that you have bad games. But he really didn't quite have a bad game last season. And statistically, he wasn't horrible in this game. But if you watch the game, if our listeners, if any of you watch this game, you know that Josh Allen did not look like the Josh Allen from last season. Do we need to be concerned, Kev? Is this just a one-shot deal? It was just a brutal game. We moved past it. Or is there something more? Is Allen maybe not a flash in the pan, but maybe he isn't an MVP quarterback. Maybe last season was the greatest we will ever see from him. No, I, I don't want to read too much into it. I'm not going to concern myself too much about one game. We saw it multiple times last year where our O-line got blown out of the water against Kansas City in the playoffs. If our O-line had held up, that's a different game. If our O-line holds up yesterday, yes, Allen didn't have his best game. He missed some open guys. He wasn't quite as sharp as we saw him for most of the last season. He certainly, let's hope, have one of his worst games of the year, hopefully his worst, and it's only going up from here. I think they're getting rid of the kinks. Him and Emmanuel Sanders looked a bit out of sync. He missed him on a deep ball. You know, he hits that, and it's probably a different game. And still, we lost by one score, and it was because of a blocked punt. Um, and, and just getting back to Allen, I, I think he's going to be fine. He'll figure it out. Our O-line will play better than that. Um, the crazy part is, is, you want to make an excuse of, oh, it's the first game. Maybe it's a different unit, but it's the same unit as last year. It's the same problems as we had last year. We lost in the postseason last year because our O-line couldn't block anyone. Chris Jones terrorized the Bills in the playoffs last year. And then you come back this year and you didn't make one change to the O-line. That to me is the biggest concern about this team. The O-line, the running game. Those are my two concerns. We didn't address them in the offseason. They were a major problem last year. So it's kind of, are you surprised, Jake? Are you surprised that our O-line and run game isn't good? You know, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not surprised. We didn't do anything. Like you said, we had opportunities over the offseason to draft or sign plenty of offensive linemen. We had more than enough opportunities to bring in running backs that could make us better. And we didn't do either of those things. We drafted Spencer Brown late in the draft. I mean, he's not NFL ready. He's a backup swing tackle. You didn't fix the guard position. You basically maintained what you had. And what you had was mediocrity, at least in my opinion. I think you had a team with a really bad run blocking and a sort of middle of the road pass blocking. So what more could you expect this year? Do you think that all of a sudden guys are going to just be way better? I mean, Cody Ford, I still don't understand why he's on the field. 
you know, you and I have talked about this so many times. I, I don't understand what it is that they see in him other than the fact that they blew a second round pick on him and they just don't want to admit it. And a lot of people are going to listen to this and just think I'm bitter, but it, it's ridiculous. You're, you're, you're showing up with the same O-line as last year, knowing what they're capable of. So I can't say I'm disappointed in the O-line. They are who they are. They're as good as they can be. Yes, this was a particularly bad game for them, and hopefully they'll be better. But they're not all of a sudden going to be a really good unit. They're just not very talented. You have a couple guys there who are really talented, and you have a couple guys there who are not. And that means you're going to have a middle-of-the-road to mediocre offensive line. And when you have talented guys like Deion Dawkins not having a good game, you're going to have a really bad offensive line. And that's what we saw. So I'm not surprised. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. And this gets me to my next point, which is why do we continue to try to bring guys in for that defensive line? It's not the answer. Look, our defensive line wasn't bad in the game. I actually think the defense was decent. And that we'll talk about that a little after because there are some positives to take from this game. But we spent so much on drafting and bringing in guys on the defensive line. And it's a little bit better, but it's not night and day. I wouldn't say they were great. They got a couple sacks early on, and then they basically disappeared. And I I, I love talking about this because our older brother, Kyle, talks about it all the time that we constantly talk about sacks and that guys need to get a lot of sacks to be good. That doesn't mean anything. Just because you put up sacks doesn't mean you're putting up consistent pressure. So sure, it's great that the Bills got a couple sacks early on, and that's all great. But if you're not getting consistent pressure, then what does it matter? So you look at those stats, right? The Steelers had three sacks. We had two sacks. So looking at that, you're thinking, oh, pretty equal. No, not at all. Because the Steelers had constant pressure. And there's another stat to note. Josh Allen was having a really tough time making plays. And one of those reasons is because he was running all over the place. He actually only had one completed pass outside of the pocket. That's ridiculous. And that, again, it shows you there was constant pressure. So great, the Bills got a couple sacks. Great, they brought in all these defensive linemen who were going to be so good. And we're seeing the same garbage we saw last season. We're not getting consistent pressure. I love Jerry Hughes, but he's not getting consistent pressure. He didn't do it. He had an okay season last year, but again, this difficulty in getting consistent pressure is is a real big problem, and I think it's a problem that's going to linger. It's not going to disappear. You don't have the talent there yet. Maybe Rousseau becomes that. We talked about this. Maybe he's going to be elite, but it's not happening yet. So that's where I'm at. I mean... I'm not surprised, but I'm definitely frustrated that they continue to spend on the defensive line and they completely disregard the offensive line. What I want to cover now is some positives. The defense as an entire unit certainly was much, much better. They only gave up 252 total yards. 177 was at passing. 75 rushing. They only gave up 4.6 yards per play. They really weren't bad, but the defensive line was not impressive. 
What did you think of the defensive unit as well as a whole? Did you like what you saw, at least in the secondary? Did you like what you saw from Levi Wallace? Yeah, look, I thought, I thought our defense played a really good game. Even, you know, watching throughout the preseason, I thought we looked a lot more organized than we did all of last year. Our defense, I think we can both agree, was, was pretty bad last year overall. Um, especially early in the season, we were getting run over. Um, the run game killed us basically all season. And to me, the gap integrity looked a lot better yesterday. And throughout the preseason, whoever has been on the field, I think we've been a lot more organized. Um, we know our secondary is solid. The one question mark there is Levi Wallace. Again, you know, I think we could have, tried to upgrade that position in the off season. Uh, clearly we, we didn't do that. Um, Levi Wallace is definitely a weak link on this defense. He's our second outside corner and, you know, he's middle of the road at best. He was an undrafted guy who never had the speed to really be a top outside corner. And in a league where it's so passing centric, you would think they would put a little more premium on that second corner position. And year after year, we just fail to do so and keep spending all our money on the D-line. And look, our D-line, I'm not going to say they were terrible yesterday. They were actually okay. I thought Ed Oliver had one of his best games as a bill. Um, to me, he, he did get some pressure. He was making tackles. I thought he had a good game. Um, Rousseau, I saw him make one nice tackle. I didn't see much from him. He's more of a developmental player, having only played one year in college. So, But I do see that potential. To me, the Greg Rousseau pick I'm okay with because Rousseau, I could see him becoming a star you know, one or two years down the line. And I get that, you know, the bottom of the first round, maybe you're not going to get the most refined pass rusher, right? And I get that. But it's the second round pick Boogie Basham, who to me didn't make a whole lot of sense. You already have 12 defensive linemen that are NFL worthy. And you take, you know, a second round tweener who you don't really know whether he's a defensive end or a defensive tackle. He's not, not really going to be a star. He looks like Vernon Butler to me, who's useless. So that pick I didn't get. It's, they definitely could have upgraded Levi Walls. I'm not going to blame him. He is who he is. We've seen him play enough football for how many years as a Bill, where we know what he is. He's decent. But what if Trey White goes down with injury? <laughs> who do you have then? You have Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson as your two outside corners. You're in huge trouble. Trey White is an insanely valuable player. And I thought Trey White had a really nice game. They called a completely bogus penalty on him when he intercepted the ball, um, just to mention that. But Trey White continues. He goes about his business. He's a, he's a top 10 corner in the league. You don't have to worry about him. Levi Wallace is middle of the pack at best. And it's not like, oh, he played amazing in previous years you know exactly what he is he he gets burned routinely and he makes the odd play 
That's who he is. So you have to cover him up. You have to give him safety over the top. You have to give him a lot of help. Um, he's more of a zone zone guy. So listen, our defense as a whole looked a lot better than last year. If our offense can get back to where we were in the upper echelon of the league, I think we're actually in great shape. If our defense takes a step up from last year, we could be a lot better than we were. Um, it's just that game yesterday was totally destroyed in the trenches. Our O-line blew up the game and, you know, it, it kind of ruined how good of a performance our defense actually did. So. So yeah. let's turn this into sort of something constructive. And this is how I want to end this part of the episode. What do the bills do now? Because this isn't the off season. You can't start making drastic changes. We're not all of a sudden going to blow up and go into rebuild. The Bills are a real Super Bowl contender, even after this week. They have aspirations to go to the Super Bowl. Last season, they go to the AFC Championship. Of course, we know this. They lose to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And it really came down to the defense more than anything else. and. Of course, the offensive line's lack of ability to protect Josh Allen. Where do the Bills go from here? Is there someone that they need to be going and adding? Are there positions they need to be changing? Do you just go along with what you showed up with last week and just hope it works? Is this a fluke? Is this just they came up against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that is way better than people thought? And the defense is as good as everyone thought, which is basically a top three defense and that the bills are actually okay. And this was really just a fluke or are there major changes that you do? Cause I'm in this position where I'm thinking, well, this is kind of what we have. I don't really know what you can do. I mean, you could bring in Zach Moss instead of Brita. I don't know if that really makes a difference because we barely run. Um, maybe you try to change up the types of throws you're doing. The Bills really were going for a lot of deep passes. Maybe you try to shift to a much quicker dinking and dunking game. I know that's not necessarily Allen's forte because he likes to take a little longer to move the ball. He's also got his obviously cannon of an arm. So do you change up the offense and the scheme and what you're doing? What do you do at this point? What do we have to look forward to is this season going to be very different than what we just saw on Sunday? Yeah, I actually do think it's going to be very different. We're not going to be playing defenses like Pittsburgh every week. And listen, in those pressure type games where you're playing these high end defenses, where our O-line is getting slaughtered, you have to change it up. I hate to say it, but they have to bring in a pass blocking tight end. You know, I didn't particularly like Lee Smith. He took way too many penalties. Um, and I don't think he was a particularly good blocker. But I think we do actually need a pass-blocking tight end. The tight ends on the roster, Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney, are not that. And look, I love going four wide. But you can go four wide and have a fifth tight end on the line to help out with pass-blocking on their top guy, like TJ Watt. Why did I not see, I didn't see any double teams. 
They didn't change it up. They were getting beat clean off the line every time. And they kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. So I'd like to see us bring in a different look sometimes. Bring in a pass blocking tight end. I think we may need that on this roster. Our O-line is not strong enough to hold up against the best pass rushers. We've seen it time and time again. And that's honestly all of last year. I think basically our only losses or our biggest losses of the year were all to teams who just wrecked our O-line. So I do think we, we aren't going to encounter the same problem for most of the games coming up. I don't think Miami's going to be, have this type of pressure coming at our O-line. New England, I don't think most of the teams we're going to come up against for most of the season are going to be that issue. But in the playoffs, when you're facing Tampa Bay, Kansas City, potentially Pittsburgh again, those top-end defenses with the best defensive line in the league that you need to double-team, at least some of the time, switch up the look, you're going to need someone who's going to help out on that line. And I, I hate to say it, but I think it's a pass-blocking tight end. That is maybe our best chance. And look, we're, we have really high hopes for this season. We have Super Bowl aspirations. And I think we're going to, I still think we're going to easily make the playoffs. I think, still think we're going to win our division. We may not finish first overall in the conference, but I think we're going to be in a position to make a deep run in the playoffs. However, in those situations where our O-line is under fire, they need help. And that might be an experienced pass blocking tight end. I don't know exactly who that is. It might be later in the season where that opportunity arises to get one. But to me, that might be their biggest chance because you're not going to be able to switch up your entire O-line. You may not be able to get a very impactful running back. Maybe you will be, but maybe not. That's another option, a stronger running back, take a little pressure off Allen, which again, we didn't address in the offseason. But those to me a little bit pass blocking with a tight end or a stronger running back. Those are your best options to really challenge for a Super Bowl this year. I love that answer. You know, it didn't even cross my mind about the Bills looking at a pass blocking tight end. And I think that that's an amazing solution. I think it's a relatively easy solution, definitely inexpensive. And maybe that's what solves the trick because if you want to be throwing constantly the way the bills appear to be doing and the way they did all of last season, you need some extra protection in situations where they're struggling. And this week was a perfect example. They were struggling. They were having trouble holding up the Pittsburgh Steelers D line. And Josh Allen was just heavy fire all game. He really didn't have the time. So like you said, you're not concerned about Josh Allen. That was a one-shot deal, probably. Although, if he's under fire again, we could see the same situation. Now, it should be noted, Josh Allen is really good against pressure. He's really good against the blitz. But this wasn't against the blitz. This was pressure without blitzing. So the problem is, is you have Josh Allen under pressure and everyone's covered. This is where you run into situations where you're not going to win the game. You're just not. 
it's going to be very, very challenging. So I like that solution. I think it's a really easy solution. And it would probably make a big difference because the Bills just don't have a blocking tight end right now. I, I don't like Dawson Knox at all in general. I've said this so many times on the show. You're not a fan of him either. But the fact that he also can't block just makes everything much, much worse. Because if he's not catching the ball and making big plays, it's not like he's helping us out by protecting Josh Allen or helping in the run game. So we really do need someone. And yes, it should not be Lee Smith. I believe he's retired. He's done. I I don't want to see that guy in a Bills jersey. But I do agree. I think that that's what we need because I think that's all you can do. The only other move you can really do is just change up Ford for Butker. You can change out Cody Ford. You put in Ike Butker. Maybe you even flip Butker and Feliciano just to play around with things. But like you said, you're really not going to make any drastic changes. You're not going to be putting in Spencer Brown over Daryl Williams or Deion Dawkins, barring an injury. You're not just going to change those guys out willy-nilly. So like you said, that's probably the only situation. It's the only option they have, um, barring a massive trade. And I don't see the Bills doing that because I think they're happy with the roster. And I don't think the roster is bad. It's a very good roster, but there are some holes We knew these holes existed. They're just so much more apparent now because of the way we lost to the Steelers. And I think that's really where we're at at this point. I think we need to be positive because I think there's some good things that come out of this game. I think we still need to really rely on what we saw last season because this roster really hasn't changed dramatically from last season. And we're going against a divisional opponent in the Miami Dolphins who do have a really good defense. It's nowhere near the Steelers, but it's still a really good defense. And we need to hope that the Bills show up and have a slightly better game plan. I would blame the coaching here too. I think the game plan wasn't right. I think we saw that on multiple fourth downs, one being a fourth and eight. No idea why they went for that, particularly when they have a really good kicker that can easily hit a 53-yarder, which is what it would have been. And on top of that, you go for it fourth and one. And of course, that ends up being a disaster. I know before we jumped on this call, you talked about that. They did that play 20 or 30 years ago, and it worked. And it was a 30-yard touchdown. And that's all great. But this execution was just completely off from the beginning, from the snap. Josh Allen looked mixed up. The way the throw came out wasn't good. Obviously, the blockers didn't do their job. That was just poor execution. and that's. Partly the reason we lost this game, not just because of that play, but a lot of it was just poor execution. Even early on, we had a screenplay to Diggs. I believe it was the first or second play of the game, and it did nothing. But then when the Steelers did practically the same wide receiver screen, they gained eight or nine yards. So I think really just right from the start, the game just wasn't going in the way they thought. The game plan clearly wasn't what it needed to be. So anyways, Kev, I, I, I thank you for coming on. It's always great to have you on this show. It's always great to talk bills. Hopefully next week, it's going to be better news. The bills are going to be hopefully in the W column, but thanks so much for coming on and go bills. Go bills. So as we've mentioned already in the last couple of weeks, we have partnered with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sport we love most. 
You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up for our contest, Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as a cool sportsbook style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Welcome back to the Herd and Ten podcast. I am joined here by Shane Hallam, who is a managing partner at Draft Countdown. He knows his stuff about NFL draft, fantasy football. He's also a college football analyst, so he's got a lot of different things going on. Shane, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find your content? Well, d- definitely follow me on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam, uh, and you can follow my website at Draft Countdown, but that's definitely where my content is, draftcountdown.com, which uh, is one of the oldest draft sites on the internet, and I've been fortunate enough to take it over with my managing partner, Brian Bassarge, and you know focus on the NFL draft to college football, but uh, I, I do a lot of fantasy football work. Uh, I've been you know doing stuff on the NFL for a while, so um, I've had my hand in football for 17, 18 years now. And, um, but that, yeah, that's where you can find me Twitter draftcountdown.com. You can check it out and see, see if you like it. Awesome. So Shane, let's get right into this upcoming week. The bills are coming off a really terrible loss and it, it was definitely a tough game to watch as a bills fan. I want to get your take on where the bills are at and maybe keys to how they can beat the Dolphins because they really struggled against a strong Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And I think they're going up against a really good Dolphins defense as well. Do you have any keys to the game? I I think a a big key in this one is to protect Josh Allen better. I, I think that's how the Steelers really won on the defensive side of the ball that where they, I think uh, it was 1.8% of plays did the Steelers bring a blitz that's it but they had the the best um you know the best pressure rate of any team in week one so and that's you know we know Josh Allen is very good against the blitz he's good when there's not a ton of defenders back there uh even if he doesn't have time because he can move around in the pocket that's what he did so well last year and so the Steelers really played kind of the opposite of that and they have the strength to get pressure with four guys and I don't think that the offense uh, for the Bills is kind of built to um you know to cave into that so I, I think 
definitely need better protection in this game. And I do think that the Dolphins, though they're not the Steelers defense, that has been a focus for them this offseason is to get better pass rushers. They drafted Jalen Phillips out of Miami in the first round. Um, and they have some, some big uh, players up front as well to kind of push the pile with a little bit of, of push. I, I don't think they'll have as much success, but I think that's the key. If, if Josh Allen gets protected and uh, then I think he's going to do well. I think you'll see the Josh Allen of last year. So I think that's kind of the key for the offense uh, for the bills uh, because th- that, you know, the, the run game is, it just isn't going to be there. It's not how the, the offense is built and uh, it's going to come down to keep keeping their quarterback upright and giving them a little bit more time. Definitely. The bills really struggled to protect Allen. And that was a bit of the story last season where in the games where we did struggle, where the bills either lost or just struggled during those games, it was because, They were unable to protect Allen. Of course, we know Allen is quite mobile, and if he has to take off, he can, but it's really not the way the game plan should go. It's really not the ultimate goal for the Bills. Of course, they want to keep, like you said, Josh Allen standing upright in the pocket. After looking at this first game against the Steelers, do you have any concerns about the Bills moving forward? Are they not the team we thought? Because coming to this season, of course, myself, but... Also, a lot of analysts believe that the Bills are one of the favorites to actually go to the Super Bowl and potentially win it. Do you have any concerns? Do you think the Bills aren't what we think? Was it just a one-off game against the Steelers? I'm really interested to get your professional opinion on that. So I think the Bills are not as good as they looked in 2020, but not as bad as they looked against the Steelers. I kind of split the difference here. I think when we have had these teams that have come out of semi nowhere, maybe teams that we, we knew were going to be good, but not this good, like the bills last year, like the Ravens two years ago, uh, that, that next year, there's usually a slight dip. You just can't keep up that consistency. You can't keep up that efficiency and teams have more film. They have more time. Uh, that's what the off season spent doing. So I, I think, the bills are going to have to adjust. I still think they're a good team. I still think they're a Super Bowl contender. I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they will ultimately win this division. But uh, I think if the expectation is, hey, they could be, you know, as good as the, the consistent, you know, Chiefs have been, or they're going to be the number one seed, or they're going to be uh, dominant in every game. I think that's probably expecting too much. Uh, I think they have to become a little more balanced. Um, that was definitely one of my criticisms of the offseason was, you know, Josh Allen did so well. I, I, I really wish they would have gotten some help, at, you know, running back and, um, you know, added maybe an actual guy that can carry, balance the offense, carry, carry the load a little bit, invest, um, you know, invest in that to, to have someone that you can rely on when, when a team is able to bear down. So um, I don't know if that's a great answer, I guess, but. Uh, Maybe it doesn't make for good radio here, Uh, but I think they're maybe not as good as they were in 2020, uh, but I think they're still a really, really good team. And with the right coaching and adjustments, I think they will be good this season, especially moving forward. Yeah, that's fair. I think that that's reasonable. And when we look at what they did in the off season, it's exactly said they really didn't do that. They didn't provide that balance and they didn't have it last season. And it appears they don't have it again. I'm very frustrated that they have not brought in a proper running back. I mean, Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. So clearly he has not impressed. 
Devin Singletary looked okay, I guess. He looked a little bit better than last season, but really didn't do a whole lot in the game, really didn't make a significant impact in the game. And then, of course, Matt Breida, really not a whole lot there. He, I mean, was part of the worst play of the game in fourth and one when he got hit about seven, eight yards behind the line. Now, it wasn't his fault, but he was part of that play. So he's certainly part of the problem. And I was going to ask you, the next question was going to be, do the Bills need some of that balance? Because when we look at the other top teams in the NFL, they all have great quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but they have a run game when it's needed. And I don't think the Bills need a run game every single game during the season. Do I still think the Bills are going to go to the playoffs? Do I think they're going to win the majority of their games? Yes. And are they going to do it with Josh Allen's arm? Yes. But there's going to be the odd game like this where you're playing a really good defensive line in the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you need to change things up. You need to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to adjust your scheme as needed. And it just feel like we're limited in what we can change our scheme to because we don't have a run game. And I think that's a really big problem. And honestly, I think it's a problem that really showed its ugly head in the playoffs last season it's probably the reason why the bills are going to have a much more difficult time moving through the playoffs because as we know in the playoffs things get a lot tighter and every inch every yard becomes so crucial you need to have some form of a run game and i just don't know if the bills can have that out of curiosity you know you talked about that the bills didn't necessarily go get anyone do you see Devin Singletary somehow turning it around and becoming a legitimate running back for the Bills down the stretch later in the season? I, I, I don't, and it's not that Devin Singletary isn't good or can't play a role. I think his he was a, a prospect that, that I really liked coming out of college. I really liked him in short in terms of short area, open space, you know, out of FAU, a guy that can catch the football and that's great for this offense. But if he's your running back, just about every play, he's a, he's very similar to Matt Breida. I was hoping, you know, to see Zach Moss, you know, whatever the issues are there, he has a little bit more of that threat. Um, but, you know, it, I think it isn't even like, do we, we need Devin Singletary, to, you know, the bills to really need him to be, be able to, to put, the team on his back and have some efficient runs like does it is, do we have to have this when the passing game isn't working I, I think a lot of times you just need the threat of that um that teams have to respect and the Steelers just did not respect the run game of the Bills and and, and that was the problem um you know I I kind of think back to week one last season for the Chiefs when they were playing the Texans who were much better than they are now um and you know they just they, they drafted a running back in the first round. They gave him 25 carries at the end of the game. He was, they were just running. They have the best quarterback in the NFL and they're just running the football and the Texas, Texas defense didn't know what to do because they couldn't just give up on Patrick Mahomes and you, know, you can't just give up on Josh Allen to protect the run. So I, I think, I think it is an issue. I think Singletary is a good player, but if, if he's sitting back there, I, I feel like, uh, as a defense, I know what to expect. He's not going to bang it up the middle on me. I don't have to worry about that. I can play back into soft coverage, uh, you know, blitz four. And if he runs, there's probably a good chance my linebackers can, you know, get there first and take him down fairly easily. So I, I just think you need that threat. And um, that I, I think it's going to prop up and be an issue unless, you know, Zach Moss can come back and, 
uh, really have taken a step forward. And, and I, I think being a healthy scratch, no matter the reason, um, probably isn't a great indication of that. Definitely. And I'm completely on the same page with you. I honestly am not a huge fan of Devin Singletary just because I don't think he can be a lead back. I don't think he necessarily has the size or the physicality to do it. Now, he's an amazing player to have if you want to get him out in open space. He's obviously got some burst. He can make a couple guys miss. The problem is I just don't see the Bills being able to rely on him, like you said, and really let him take over a game where you hand him the ball 20-plus times. I just don't think he's capable of that. As an additional passing option, I think he's really good. He has decent hands, and he's shown that in the screen game, he can find some open space. So I'm hopeful that the Bills are going to find ways to use him in different types of packages and maybe not in your typical running back position package, which again, it's unfortunate because then the Bills really don't have anyone. But if that's all we have and that's what we have to work with, the Bills need to find ways to get creative. And Brian Dayball is going to have a lot of work to do to find some open space for a guy like Devin Singletary because there's no question in open space he can do serious damage and he can take over a game. It's just I don't think it's going to come directly from the backfield. To end this part of the episode and to actually end this episode, I want to do a game prediction. I want to get your prediction on the game. Now, you can either go with just W or L, you know, go with a win, go with a loss. You can also do a score prediction, whatever you're comfortable with. I'm, I'm curious to get your uh, prediction on the Bills versus the Dolphins. I, I think the Bills are going to win. I think they're going to come out and have kind of their, their hair on fire, know that, hey, that was a really bad performance and we have to step it up. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say 30 to 20. Uh, I think maybe they win by about 10. Um, and then I, th I think the Dolphins are a good team, but just not fully there yet. Uh, so I, I think the Bills defense will do well once again. And uh, I think it's going to be a little harder for the Dolphins defense to completely you know, stop Josh Allen in his track. So I think we see kind of bounce back performance, 10 point win. Uh, and, and I think the Bills will continue to roll some of these more average um, to below average teams in the NFL, uh, but struggle with some of those, you know, better teams that have personnel that can match up well. Very close to my prediction. I have the Bills winning 31 to 17. So a slightly larger win, but really similar. You know, I thought the Bills... We're going to have a better game against the Steelers. I think a lot of people did, but I think this is the game where they're going to break out. I think they will be a little more comfortable, especially because now that people are kind of down on them in a, in a sense, I think this is an opportunity for them to really explode this week and show what they're made of and really flex their arms in a divisional game. Because as we know, these divisional games can become crucial later in the season and beating a team like the dolphins who are potentially going to be the team who could actually have a legitimate shot to win this division. It's going to be important for the bills to win and to win big. So I'm going to take them 31 to 17. Look, Shane, thank you so much for coming on. It was, it was great talking bills football. I love your candidness. I love to get your opinion on this. I, I think you have a really good outlook on it, but a very objective look because for me, being a Bills fan, I'm always trying to see the positive. It's nice to hear someone from sort of outside looking in. So thank you so much. And uh, 
good to have you on and hopefully we can have you on again. So thanks a lot, Shane. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.